Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heel Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. It is Monday. Kelsey thinks we're in a nightclub. Yes. <laughs> She's like bumping. It's like a happy mm, Monday mm, song. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I am done with this techno shit. Like, okay, okay, we, okay. Can we find okay, okay. the stupid songs I like? Like those goofy, right. mischievous, fun songs. Isn't this such a fun Monday song, though? No, it's not. <laughs> it's fun because I can make fun of it. Anyway, thank you guys for joining us. Our quote of the day by communicating interests. Oh gosh, here we are with this quote again. By communicating interests in religion and spirituality, psychologists open the door to what may become a richer, deeper conversation. That's by Dr. Kenneth Pargament. And that was kind of a duh moment for me. So I told Kelsey, I'm like, we need another quote. That was kind of duh. Um, but you know what? Our guest today is going to help us have that deeper conversation. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. She is a mental health counselor. Her name is Dr. Anita Phillips, and she's going to be talking to us today about the connections between spirituality and emotional health and positive mental health. And she's going to be offering us some really cool journaling tools that we can apply today and make a difference in our lives. So I'm very excited about that. In the meantime, if you haven't clicked subscribe on YouTube, please do. 
Um, also, if you haven't joined us at Patreon, click the link tree in my Instagram at Maria Menunos and join us now. So um, please keep sharing. So many of you have been socialing out on your Insta stories, on your Instagram feeds about your favorite episodes. A lot of Peter Crone fans yeah. recently. So thank you. Uh, for sharing it with your friends and family and followers because we're really trying to expand this out and you know we're doing it on our own this is like this is like you know when Bethany Frankel was starting her like skinny girl like she started it on her own and so you guys are a part of the building process with us and so we're really grateful and we're grateful for all of our new fans who are coming in from Ed Milet I did his mm-hmm. podcast and a lot of people came over from that a lot of Tony Robbins people from the seminar I spoke at yep. um and a lot so of, many more you had a lot from John Edwards John Edwards and you mm-hmm. had a lot from the brain tumor society oh the American thingy. brain yeah. tumor society yeah. so welcome everybody thanks welcome, for being welcome. with us <laughs> um today we're going to talk about burping what yes this is really important information for your health and wellness <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we have so much to talk about today. I've had a lot of stuff to share with you guys, including uh, the most amazing apple cider donuts I had this weekend. Mm. But um, we have my husband, Kevin Undergaro, coming to us live from his car in L.A. because I want to formally and publicly apologize to you, honey. So I want to preface this with a little information, everyone. I grew up with all boys, okay? Inside my heart, I am very boyish, okay? Some would call me a tomboy. I would say, like, take tomboy, maybe take it up a notch, right? That was me. <laughs> and I grew up with a lot of male cousins, and we would have burping contests. And I was really gifted at it. <laughs> I remain gifted at it. It is a, a silent gift I don't share with all of you because everyone tells me it's disgusting, I found it to be my only vice in life. I'm like, I don't do anything bad. This is my way to just like... Let it out. Let it out. And I really (laughs) enjoyed burping. Until this weekend, Stephen, formerly of the show, but he's still here with us. And he was here with us this weekend shooting. uh, Saw that it was trending, I think, on TikTok. There was a burp challenge. He goes, you should do it. Because, of course, anybody really really on the inside has been privy to a burp here or two for entertainment purposes Mm -hmm. and so um you know i share my gift with those i'm closest with that's true kelsey's (laughs) like yeah i know and so anyhow once i get really comfortable with you then i'll burp in front of you but um i will say i went on the tiktok challenge i had just woken up i think it was saturday morning i just woke up and i'm looking at tiktok and I click on the burping challenge, and you're hearing people go, and I'm wanting to throw up. And so I have bad. a strong stomach. I can watch surgeries. I can I can handle blood. Like I'm good. You could do anything, and I'm not gonna really like have an upset stomach. This turned my stomach <laughs> in such a deep way that I thought I was gonna throw up in bed. Okay, uh, yeah. so. I sat there in disbelief because I'm watching myself and I'm like, oh my God, I'm an animal. I am a disgusting animal. And so I called up Kevin. Are people talking in the yes. chat? What are the they saying? just goes, about time. Kevin, is, <laughs> Kevin has been owed a public apology for years. <laughs> I'm so, screaming. So I called up Kevin and I go, honey, I have to say I'm so sorry. He goes, for what? I go, 
I'm really disgusted at burping now. And I don't know. I don't know if I can turn back. And he was like, I have had to endure this for two decades. So, honey, I I want to publicly apologize to you and I want to give you the throne for a second. Maybe you can tell people how talented I was because (laughs) there is that, too. Zero talent. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to tell you, you know, I talk about defiant morons. My favorite kind of moron is Uh defiant one. Okay. Who's like the moron but thinks they're amazing and thinks like, no, my shit doesn't sink. Well, I will tell you, in this one area, Maria, of your life, you were a defiant moron because when I said, Maria, (laughs) stop doing this. It's disgusting. It's like nails on a chalkboard. To me, it's just like, and you're like, no, it makes me feel good. It's my way of doing it. And I'm I'm not going to stop. Even your dad tried like to talk to you. I remember, forget, like... (laughs) So many interventions. You were like defiant moron. Like, nope. Like, oh every family, classic American of what's going on in our country today. You were just like, nope. I'm right. My verbs are amazing. And they were. My verbs were. I thought they were. I could sing songs. I could speak sentences. I no, thought I had yeah. a talent, yeah. guys. No. So do you bet you know what? You do that alone. Yeah. Or if you have to, like, release, you could do it into a towel. You could do it <laughs> no, but that's not fun. Fun is to shock people, the house feeling like it shook. I'll tell you a fun fact. On my Miss Teen USA application, so I won Miss Massachusetts Teen USA. I went to Miss Teen USA, and they wrote talent, and I said I can burp louder than anyone else. Oh, <laughs> my So a gosh. radio station had me in, in Las Cruces, New Mexico. Uh-huh. And they were like, what do you need? I'm like, give me a Diet Coke. And I took the Diet Coke down and I burped so freaking loud. The DJs fell off their chairs. It was like the earth shook. That's amazing. And you wonder why I didn't win. (laughs) So I'm glad glad Steamer's in the chat because the only burp that really is to be saluted was Booger's burp in the original Revenge of the Nerds. (laughs) That is the only burp that is to be saluted. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Oh my gosh. But your audience would never get. No, excuse me. Roxy Stryer in your generation sees that as a date rape movie. So. <laughs> Call out Roxy. Call out rocks. Honey, you're so old. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm personally glad that she found that video and found it disgusting. I was like, 
Yeah, Maria. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a big, so, you know, I, I was posting this the other day. I'm like finding myself here and I guess I am. I'm having a lot of time by myself to realize things like this. <laughs> well, it explains a lot. I don't know if you felt the earthquake the other day, Kev, but this was pre-Maria's epiphany. So maybe yeah. that was what the earthquake was. Guys. It's all adding up. It's all adding Stop up. In the meantime, we are so excited to chat with Dr. Anita Phillips. She has spent her career blending faith with individual and group therapy for a wide range of issues, including depression, anxiety, grief, addiction, and abuse. She's a PhD holder in counselor education and supervision from the University of Maryland. She's co-authored a number of influential papers for highly respected peer-reviewed journals, Dr. Anita is passionate about bridging the gap, like we said earlier, between our spiritual life and our emotional health. And she's joining us today to help us navigate this very challenging time. Dr. Anita, thank you so much for being with us. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Um, You know, you're a passionate woman of faith and a firm believer that this mental crisis is obviously that's affecting our country. You believe that both institutions, the church and the world of psychology are failing each other. Can you go into that a little bit for Mm. us? Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content, and a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community, or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment, and we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Facebook group and Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. Definitely. Well, for a long time in psychology, religion was kind of stigmatized. And so it was seen as something that could undermine mental health and that people needed to think beyond it. And so people who, for whom religion was very important didn't feel like they could trust the field of psychology. And so thus began this cycle of kind of each rejecting the other. Hmm. And that is starting to break down somewhat now, but I think we need to talk about the terms of that so that we can have the proper relationship. And that's why you hear us talking sometimes about spirituality, sometimes talking about religion. I use the word faith as an umbrella term, because while some people can say, well, I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious, not too many people will say I'm religious, but I'm not spiritual. And some people don't experience a difference. So they're both components of faith and they can vary in their role from person to person. Yeah. I never realized that one was stigmatizing the other. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess like, you know, when I talk about spirituality, it, it's a way to think about it in a, in a kind of agnostic way where anybody can be spiritual and everyone can hold their separate beliefs. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I was raised Greek Orthodox Christian, but you know, I feel like, I feel like generally most religions have like a base that's kind of foundational to all, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are like those like minor 
or more, you know, maybe less minor differences between all of them. But I like using faith as the umbrella. I think that's really um, a better way to kind of go about it. Yeah, because the ingredients are different for different people. And like you mentioned, there are certain things that seem that it seems that all religions have in common. And what that is, is that everyone's trying to answer the questions that spirituality asks. And so that's why we see those similarities. And when I talk about spirituality, I'm literally talking about what do we believe about the invisible world? I think one of the challenges, particularly in psychology, when they started trying to broach the issue and broke it apart into components of spirituality versus religion was to attempt to avoid belief conflicts between groups. But it started to be almost an emotional concept, like spirituality is my sense of connection or my sense of transcendence or my sense of peace, joy, but those are emotions. And so I think we lost track of the actual kind of supernatural beliefs that a lot of people have. What do people believe about God? Um, whether God exists, what type of being it is, is it a male, female, there are multiple <clears throat> ones. Um, does that God love us, care about us, just set stuff in motion and then leave us on our own? Um, is there life yeah. after death? How are we supposed to handle that? And in a year like this, where so many of our norms are being challenged, where we're being traumatized every day, people are asking these questions a little more often than they had been before. So how do you, oh, this is like the challenge, right? Because mm -hmm. everybody's really um, triggered by words a lot. And, yeah. you know, I think for the most part, people avoid so much so they don't have to get into conflict, right? So like, I'm mm -hmm. terrified to say Merry Christmas. Mm -hmm. right because I don't want to offend anybody so yeah uh, so sure. I'm like okay happy holidays okay we'll go with happy holidays but mm -hmm. like how do you hold what you believe and 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 have conversations like if we're talking about God we're going to be excluding certain people who don't mm -hmm. believe right how do you carry conversations in a respectful way without avoiding it because what you're basically saying which is really fascinating I never thought about it is we're omitting God because we're so afraid to speak about it and offend people yeah. that don't yeah. believe in God but then at the same time I get it from the other side this is what I always say like I'm empathetic to all sides because I see it like mm -hmm. if you don't believe in it now I'm like talking about it it could be offensive to you I guess I don't know I think it's about if anytime we want to talk about the issue, one, talk about your own personal experience. You know, I grew up in a, I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a pastor's grandkid. I'm a pastor's wife. So my life is very full of these kind of conversations, but I taught my children to talk about their experience. What does it mean for them? We aren't in a debate. We're not arm wrestling with people, but this concept, you know, it doesn't, it seems like that sometimes, but the concept needs to be broken apart to recognize like, we can use the word deity. What do you believe about what you can't see? I love That's that question. line. What do you believe about what you can't see? Do you believe that there's an invisible world that's populated in any way? Some people believe in angels and they think mostly about angels, but not about God. And, and our language is influenced by Christianity a lot in the Western world, of course, but you can peel those layers back. I love to ask my clients who are very religious, uh, to tell me who their spiritual guides are without using religious language. So just like introduce me to your deity, like 
what are they like? What do you talk to them about? What do they do? What's the relationship between that deity and humanity? What's the relationship between that deity and nature? Just give me like a really general idea of who that is without using religious terms. And it helps people get to the core of what they really believe. And some of this is cultural as well because different cultures ask different spiritual questions, right? And this is why you'll see the same religion like Christianity look really different on different groups. So we have, I call Catholicism is Italian Christianity. It's what it looks like when an Italian culture put this on. This is why people, you know, I always joke and say people love black Jesus because when you see black Americans at church, they get this other feeling like, oh. man, there's something going on here because most black cultures are very spiritual. Yes. We're very concerned with what we can't see. We're very, we have strong beliefs about the invisible world. And that's what people are really trying to get to. But you have other cultures that are rule oriented and they just want to, people to follow the rules and they're power oriented and control oriented and Christianity sometimes doesn't feel as good yeah. when those groups are using it. So it's not so much about the religion. It's about who's wearing it. Yeah. Just like a dress is going to hang totally different on you than it is on me. The same religion will hang differently on different people. So and the way it hangs different is based on their spiritual perspective. What do you believe about what you can't see? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great line. Um, side note, I love black church. <laughs> Everybody loves Oh my God, church. I cry so hard. Like I already like get really emotional when I'm in church, but I have this strong pull for like, this was like a year ago. I had been having this strong pull to want to go to black church. Mm -hmm. And and I got pulled in because that's where I was supposed to go. Mm. But it was like a like a non-denominational black church. Mm -hmm. And it was in this like kind of weird area in L.A. And it was like this rented thing. And they had like some flat screens. And uh -huh. I brought my parents because this girl at the snail salon had told me how she had been healed in this church of mm. this brain tumor. My mom has a brain tumor. And so I'm like we're going and we had the most unbelievable experience my mom who had had an entire day at cedar sinai that day went in i said to them i go please don't be disappointed if we can't stay long because she's so tired she's been you mm -hmm. know it's 7 30 now she's been up since 6 30 and they're like yeah. no worries stay as long as you can not only did she stay the whole time her and my dad were singing the lyrics right with everybody, totally in, even before me at first, because I was just kind of like feeling everything out. I'm like, where are we? What is this? Because I've only seen a different kind of church. Mm -hmm. I've never seen flat screens and things like that. So I'm like feeling it out and I'm like looking at all this and my parents are singing in deep and I looked over and go, oh shit, yeah, I should be singing. And I'm going in <laughs> and she was healed by the, the pastor and like he, he grabbed her from the audience and he walked with her and she couldn't even walk before. Mm. Like she had literally been paralyzed by a treatment just days before. And wow. she had all these beautiful men came and helped her to her chair. And, you know, she couldn't even stand. He healed her in this church through Jesus, obviously. And she stood the whole time total perfect posture lifted her legs yeah. she couldn't do that in in the appointment with the doctor he asked all right friends let's talk about something we all do snack 
Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. Try to kick her like she couldn't. Now she's marching without even holding the, the guy's hand. And I was like, and you're in. And, and in black church, everybody feels it in a different way. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so powerful. It's so beautiful. And now I have to find one here in Connecticut, I'm realizing. Because, ah. man, it's so good. <laughs> in Connecticut. Yeah, it's so good. Tell me where so. you are later. I'll try to help you with that. Yes. Oh, my God, that. please. But um, And I guess, of course, we're speaking in generalities, but we do see these differences. And it comes down to what some of it comes down to what a group believes about emotion. Yeah. What types of emotion are OK to express strongly, to express publicly and spirituality and emotion are very linked. And so in spaces where people are more emotionally free, people tend to have that experience that they are connecting with what they can't see. And that's how spirituality and mental health get involved with each other because emotion is a dimension of our mental health. And so when we are emotionally open, that connection between the invisible world and the world I can see is much more likely to flow through. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, you just nailed that. Yeah, like when I think, listen, I get emotional in my church, but we're like very kind of like we're just but you there. gotta hold it in. We're just there being good, yeah. you know, good little people in the pews and behaving and trying not to look mm-hmm. around and try not to look at what people are wearing. And it, and it bothers me that that's kind of what it's like. Whereas when we were in this church with everybody, everyone's hands were raised. They were sending light and love to everybody. They were the 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 prayers I felt for my mom that day I have never felt mm. anywhere else in my life and I know they all contributed to her her miracle because it was mm-hmm. not a good situation a year ago and yeah. so yeah that I never thought about that the feeling mm-hmm. being open emotionally you can channel probably so much better absolutely being open emotionally and then allowing it to flow all the way through from there to your mind to your movements with your body, it's a full encompassing experience. And we know that mental health touches all of those areas, but because mental health is defined in a Western way, it chops everything up in pieces. And once we break it up in pieces, we lose the power of each, the organic whole. Explain what you see that's done wrong. Um, is that we're breaking up in pieces. So the, historically, and I'm, when I say historically, I mean like the ancient history of humanity has always seen the heart as the center of life. It was just when modern science began to be at the center of our culture that we started to replace 
the heart with the mind as king. Mm. So everything became about your thoughts and controlling things with your mind and can you prove it with your senses? And we started losing touch in, with emotion. And at the same time, we saw our spirituality start to fall down as well because that connection is there. And so what we need to do is look at all of these pieces. So I look at it as spirit, emotion, mind, and body. And how do these pieces connect with one another? And when you realize that moment just now about, wow, those emotions being open mattered, because we get emotional about what we believe. Yeah. People think that we get emotional about what we think, but we conflate thinking and believing. They're not the same thing. Thinking is a process that I use to analyze something and come out on the other side. But what I believe, and most people will say what I know, because belief feels like your truth, that's what we get emotional about, right? So take it out of church. Let's say... Um, girl's going out on that first date she's met somebody online over the quarantine and we're waiting for this all to end so she can meet him in person and she starts getting nervous and getting like emotionally anxious and we say why are you anxious say well i believe this probably won't work out i'm emotional about what i believe you know what i mean mm -hmm. and so then something much more serious like we're dealing with covid god we've lost two hundred thousand plus lives in this country and people are hurting about that. And that takes us to what do I believe about where those lives went? What do I believe? Do I believe that people continue to exist after they die? Do I believe that I can still be connected to them? And if I do, then that's going to inform my emotions a little bit differently. So what we believe influences how we feel. Then we think about how we're feeling and do something about that. So it's believing, feeling, thinking, doing. Hmm. But it's challenging to get our hands on it because our culture looks at emotions so negatively like emotions are something to control that they are somehow the opposite of being rational and we need to make sure they don't influence us in any way but that is our primary link between that spiritual space and how we live our lives here so we have to let our emotions loose in order for us to fully connect all the pieces good and bad Good and bad. So give good an and bad. Of bad. No, we won't feel good all the time. But when we try and stay away from negative emotions, we actually undermine our joy because huh. they all come from the same place. So you can't avoid negative emotions without lessening your experience of positive emotions. It's if you stop up the pipe, you stop up the pipe, period. And so living in this full space is so important. And let me tell you a story what changed me where it came to emotion, because I haven't always felt like that about feelings, right? Um, but I was blessed to be healthy enough to have both my children naturally. And my daughter was actually born at home, just me and my husband alone. And it wasn't on purpose. We were supposed to go to this like frou-frou birthing center with our midwife and my contraction started, but I had studied a method of birth that taught us that our emotions would tell us where we were in the birthing process. And so I was at home alone with my husband and I could tell that the birthing process was moving quickly by my emotions, hmm. because you will feel elated at some moments. You'll feel serious at certain points in the birth. You'll feel overwhelmed at certain points in the birth. And because I knew what my emotions were supposed to tell me, I was tracking my progress. We're calling the midwife on the phone. She is not believing me. Well, has your water broken? No. Are your contractions this close together? No. Not to gross people out, but women have had babies. No, there's this mucus plug thing that comes yeah. out. Has that come out? No. She's like, oh, you have a long time. And I'm saying to my husband, no, I'm not far. I'm getting close. I can tell because of how I feel emotionally. And so there's this break point where you feel like 
it's not going to work. You can't handle it. And you'll just like kind of emotionally collapse. And that happened to me. And I said, oh, honey, I'm collapsing. That must mean we're close. He calls the woman back. She goes, no, my water still hadn't broken. None of the physical signs. And within 20 minutes of that collapse, I was pushing. I was pushing and I had that child at home alone. My husband caught her in his hands. And there we sat because I had followed what my emotions were telling me about what my body was doing. Nobody measured a dilation. My water broke as I was pushing. None of the things that you think are supposed to happen happened biologically in the world we can see. But in the invisible world of my heart, I knew where I was. And those emotions led me to my child's birth. It was the most powerful experience of my life. And so if we could get in touch with that, right? Those emotions were rooted in what my body was doing. My trust in my body and my emotions was rooted in what I believe about how I'm created. And because I have a belief about how I was created, I was able to trust those feelings. They weren't all good feelings, but they were true. They were true. And so there I gave birth. The most powerful thing women get to do with their bodies. And yeah, my emotions led me there. And that changed my entire view of feelings. They're not something to be controlled. They're something to be listened to, to be guided by on a daily basis. So what would you do if in that moment you, your overwhelming emotion was fear, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're training Mm -hmm. ourselves to how to get rid of fear, right? Like we learn this havening process to like get rid of Mm -hmm. like the fear and anxiety and this whole thing. Yeah. Like those are really great tools because it is kind of you know it it can be overwhelming if you're having a lot of anxiety and stuff so Mm -hmm. tools are really important but if in that moment you started getting overwhelmed by fear are you saying Mm -hmm. you would have leaned into that fear rather than trying to shift out of it in when I was giving birth absolutely I leaned in to let it pass I listened to it I heard it but I was also aware of the message that it was sending me in the birth process so in a healthy place and I was in a healthy place emotionally, mentally, physically, that was a trustworthy. Now you're talking about sometimes what happens when our emotions are not as healthy? How do we figure out where the balance is? And that begins with one, where's my baseline? We all know ourselves, what's our baseline? I like asking some of my clients to finish certain sentences when I first meet with them. And one of them is, ever since I was a kid, I, and I love to have my clients finish that sentence like five different times because we know ourselves better than we think. (laughs) Ever since I was a kid, I was always kind of anxious. Ever since I was a kid, I always loved giving people gifts. Ever since I was a kid, um, I was afraid of this. And once we can establish a baseline, then we look and see how far are you from your baseline? How, what is your unique emotional personality so that you can know what's yours? Because too often we're trying to match a preset standard of how we should be. Mm-hmm. But who are you emotionally, personally? And then we can... I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. 
I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz-free, up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the way. T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. Promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. Judge health and illness from there. I love that. I've never heard anybody do that process. Yeah, just start from scratch. Who are you? We know ourselves really well if we slow down to think about it. We know ourselves pretty well. And a lot of times we go into the therapy office hoping someone will tell us something about ourselves we don't know. But you do know you're the expert on you. I'm just there to ask you the questions to help you un- unravel that and discover that you already knew who you were and then what's normal for you. And then we'll start to work on um, things that are maybe less than healthy for you. And how do you get back to your baseline? Not my baseline, yeah. not someone else's baseline, your baseline. Yeah, that's so funny. I feel like being here in Connecticut, I'm getting back to my baseline. That's why I've been mm. like getting so emotionally. I'm like, ever since I was a kid. I've loved being outside ever since I was a kid. I've loved animals ever since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm feeling all these feelings being back here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny how things swap too. Like I feel like I left anxiety and stress behind when I moved to LA and then I had mm. peace there because I was away from everybody. And now I want to be away from that everybody <laughs> and I want to be this way. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's, it, it feels like it's swapped, but, um, but that's a really great technique for us to, to kind of, um, you know, I always say like every one of these interviews, I love having takeaway that we can apply. Mm. So if we can sit with this info and, and just jot down a few things ever since I was a kid and kind of figure out yeah. where our baseline is, I love that. Um, you also talk about journaling with the five elements, and I'm mm-hmm. really fascinated to hear about this. Um, of our five spiritual elements? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I look at spirituality as having those five elements, one I mentioned earlier, uh, what do you believe about your deity? If there is one or not one, then in the absence of one, what do you believe about reality? What does that matter to you? The second one is what we believe about life after death. And that's a really important thing because people don't like to approach that all that often because it's scary, right? No one wants to think about death all the time, but it is being pushed more forward this year because of COVID. So what do you believe about life after death? What do you believe about morality? What is the most important thing that human beings can do for each other? What is the one thing that you say, this is how we should treat each other. These are the basis and really dig into it. Not just like we should be good to each other, golden rule, but I mean, really dig into what we owe each other as human beings. Uh, The fourth one would be, what is our purpose in life? talking about purpose, right? What is our purpose in life? Uh, what am I What am I here for? What are the connections that I should make? What mark do I want to leave? Legacy is the dimension of purpose. What mark do I want to leave? So purpose isn't about productivity. It's not about being busy. It's about how the world will be different when I've left, whether it's my family, my friends, or the larger world. And then finally, how do I bridge these things into my lived life every day? 
because a lot of times spirituality can get lost over there. And mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, but now I got to go do the laundry, run this, like do these things. How do I bridge those things into my life? And so if you can ask yourself that each day, how am I bridging a little bit of this into my life to make my life more substantial and more congruent with what I believe about what I can't see, you'll start to live more intentionally. I love that. How do we dig into morality and what we believe about morality? Mm. I, I don't know what that would look like. To me, like I ended my first book with, I really believe that we're all here on this planet to help each other. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I, that would be my first instinct, but you're like, dig deeper. And I'm like, I, I instantly am like, how? Yeah. Well, we have a, a limited set of emotional experiences. Um, or human experiences, emotional pain, emotional pleasure, physical pain, physical pleasure. Those are the only four human experiences that really exist. I think if I, when I list that, it always surprises people because you can't really think of anything that's ever happened to you that doesn't fall under one of those categories. Mm -hmm. And people tend to rank those categories. So for some people will say emotional pleasure is really important to me, happiness, joy, peace. How do I bring that into other people's lives? What acts do I take? to bring that more into the world and to other people's lives. And your moral code may really center around that emotional pleasure. For some people, their moral code centers around freedom from physical pain. And so I'm out here making sure that I reduce poverty and that there's no one hungry and that uh, people have a safe place to live. And so those individuals may be moved to work on causes like homelessness or raising funds for finding a cure for an illness because freedom from physical pain mm. is an important value to them. So I'd say look at those four things and see which one of those resonates with you as a way that you would like to purposefully live. I love that. Wow. The, you're really interesting because you, you, you're blending so many worlds that were mm -hmm. separated, I feel like, mm -hmm. and it gives you kind of like a, a more holistic approach to all of this. Very much. That's really important to me because I think ever since I was a kid, <laughs> I wondered... <laughs> My mom tells this funny story about me where I was doing some math homework in like second grade and I looked really distressed and she came over to me and she said, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I said, I do not understand why I do not understand this. Mm -hmm. And I think that that probably is pretty central to how I live. I want to understand the bigger picture. Um, but also I had an older sister who had a serious mental illness when I was growing up. If she were diagnosed today, it would probably have been bipolar disorder with some psychotic features. And she had hallucinations mm -hmm. and she would see demons and other like dark, usually religious figures in her hallucinations. Well, here we are, pastors. My parents are very religious. My sister is having what seems to be religious visions. We didn't understand what mental health and illness was at the time, right? This is like the late 70s, early 80s, wow. and no one's having this conversation. And there was so much chaos in our house. And because we didn't understand what was happening, my sister got sicker. And she got sicker and eventually um, even tried to actually kill our entire family because these voices were telling her to commit this violence. And we didn't have any idea how to respond. My parents are praying, praying, praying. Wow. We just didn't know what to do. And so finally, um, when, she, when she had that attack on us, she got taken to a mental hospital. That was the first time that we had any encounter with this idea of mental health or illness. And my parents were so devastated, and particularly my mom, who is the most spiritual woman you would ever meet. She's just so incredibly powerful spiritually. And so she worked to accept that there was something 
biologically wrong with my sister's brain. She accepted that, but she still always wanted to know what it meant to understand it through her spiritual lens. Mm. And that question in my mom's life, I absorbed. And I'm yeah. the answer. I'm living the answer to that question was how do we explain this all the way across, right? And so it's a spiritual question to ask how our bodies were created and what do we believe about them and how they recover and how they regenerate. And then emotionally, where does that take me in terms of accepting what happened to my sister? And she has passed away now as a result of her mental illness. And so there were no barriers in my mind about finding answers. We need to look at every single thing. What's happening supernaturally? What's happening biologically? How do we combine prayer and maybe antidepressants? People struggle with that. Yeah. And while we're not talking <clears throat> about religion because we don't want to offend people, sometimes we're, we're hurting ourselves by not talking about faith because people have questions about faith and how that relates to their mental health. And I want people to be able to have a full conversation. I have to ask, so what mm -hmm. was the explanation that you figured out? Because I'm sitting here thinking, and we've all had some version of something mm -hmm. like that in our families, right? Mm -hmm. I don't believe many people are exempt. Um, I would agree. And so we had a, a real struggle in our family too. My parents just didn't know what to do and it was really, mm -hmm. really, really um, painful. And in your case, it was, it was extreme. And so when you're surrounded by pastors, you're surrounded by mm -hmm such strong beliefs in God and, and, you know, um, beliefs that God is walking with you, protecting you, taking care of you, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And this horrible thing is happening inside that you can't pray your way out of. Right? right. How do you, how do you now explain why this happened to you? I mean, obviously a quick example would be your life's work now is to help other people in that situation, mm -hmm. right? A lot of us have traumas in our lives. I've, you know, we have brain tumors in my life. And what I do is I spend every waking second helping others with their brain tumors. But mm -hmm. is that all there is? Is that that mm. we were meant to to jump in and help people in that scenario? Why did that happen to you guys? I don't, for me personally, I don't believe that um, everything happens for a reason. Uh, people always say, I believe everything happens for a reason. I'll say it like this. I believe everything happens for a reason, but I don't believe everything happens for a good reason. Ooh. <laughs> Sometimes it's not a good reason. Right, I, that one. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. And we, we can just 
wear ourselves out trying to convince ourselves that something awful happened for a good reason. Not everything happens for a good reason. Some things happen because people do evil things to other people. And that wasn't something that my deity that I believe in wanted, but we have free will and people do bad things to other people. Our bodies are imperfect and so they get sick. Um, I believe because of my faith that we were originally created to live forever, but some things went wrong and there's this whole story about people eating the fruit they shouldn't have <laughs> and some things went wrong and ah, dag it, here we are, right? And because we weren't created to die, death will never feel natural. Ooh. And so, I accept that we will suffer some things in this life for nobody's fault. But I do believe that purpose can come out of those things, but purpose did not have to inspire those things. Oh. So okay. we can let that go. <clears throat> we can let that go. I let that go, that it had to happen for a good reason. No, but I can bring something good out of it. Prayer didn't stop it, but prayer can strengthen me through it. And that's valuable too. But it all goes back again to what I believe. Do I believe that in this invisible realm that there's a God who will keep me from ever having anything bad happen to me? And if I believe that, then when something bad happens, emotionally, it will undermine my confidence and be, I'll be traumatized. But if I believe that there is a deity who strengthens me through trials, I'll have a very different response to a trial. So that's why it's so important to know what you believe. What do you believe about where the bad things come from? If you believe that there's a way to be protected, then when that bad thing hits you, it's gonna knock you over in a different way than someone who believes that bad things happen, but I have a source of strength. Yeah, that is so believe? massive. What do you believe? And if we have that foundation rock solid, mm -hmm. You can handle mm -hmm. anything that comes your way because you understand it better. You, you have a, a backdrop to work with. And that's why so many of us are off balance this year. Because what did we believe about what's a normal existence? What do we believe about the difficulties that we're likely to face? And some crazy virus was not on anybody's list. So no. it has us all kind of freaking out because we either have to restructure our belief system, we might have to stretch it to, to now account for this, but we have to go back and check and say, okay, where does this fit in my belief system? And a lot of times when we can't fit it anywhere, then we're more likely to have a heavy traumatic reaction to it because we can't fit it anywhere. Wow. And all of us are a little off balance right now. Yeah. And it's okay to have right different beliefs, right? Like some people Absolutely. believe that everything does happen for a reason. And so if you hold on to the belief, but you have, you know, um, it's almost like having the safeties in place so that, yeah. you know, you, you can make sense of the things that don't necessarily make sense, or even know that not everything's supposed to make sense, whatever it is, you just have yeah. to know what your thing is. Like I interviewed Anita Morjani. Are you familiar with her? Mm -hmm. I'm not. Oh my God. You must read Dying to Be Me. Is it an Anita thing? Anita's are just really good. <laughs> oh shit. I didn't even make I didn't even think of that. Yes. Um so Oprah, you know, she's an Oprah book club anointee, mm -hmm. the whole thing. And she is amazing. And she talks about um, you know, her body was ravaged by cancer, the and she mm. was in her final moments. The priest came to like read the last rites and they were they took her husband down the hall and she saw everything she heard the conversations down the hall she saw the people mm. working on her she went to the other side she said past and future all were intertwined and happening at the same time and you know her mm -hmm. life was like on a tapestry she could see everything and you yeah. know 
a lot of the things that I remember getting from there is kind of like everything's written, right? Mm -hmm. We're just, it's how we want to go through this journey, right? What do we want to believe? How do we want to go through it? Um, It's all there, but some other people may not think everything is written and that's okay. That's very true. And you know what? Those two people might have the same religion. Yeah. But spiritually they have different ideas. Yeah, that's the thing that makes this belief part so important. You can find two Christians who believe differently about that. So it's not so much the religion. It's the questions underneath. Yeah. What do I really believe? What an amazing, amazing conversation. Dr. Anita Phillips, you are amazing. This was amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Um, if you guys want to follow Dr. Anita on Facebook, you can go to facebook.com backslash Dr. Anita Phillips, or you can go to her website, anitaphillips.com. We'll put that all in the summary of this episode. Um, we will have to have you back. That was, I'm like, <laughs> I need some time with all of this. I need to replay all of this. I need my, <laughs> my notebook out. I got to like journal everything. Oh. Um, really, really powerful stuff. And, and it's, it's kind of simple too, which is, it actually is incredibly simple. That's the whole thing. (laughs) It's incredibly simple. Always try and get down to the core. The thing that everyone shares, like I said, emotional pleasure, emotional pain, physical pleasure, physical pain, every human being on the planet is trying to make sense of those four experiences too, because that is something I know everybody struggles with is how do you Mm. handle like a loved one? right like it is Mm -hmm. such a painful painful thing and so thank you for sharing that and uh, we look forward to seeing you soon all right thank you thank you wow 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 oh my goodness Ooh, jeff you weren't kidding jeff i'm like for me i i like know we say it every time so i could just make it a bump on the show maybe but (laughs) again every single guest we just keep outdoing ourselves for me, she well, is just like... they keep outdoing themselves, yeah. and we keep outdoing ourselves by finding them. You guys are killing it with the bookings. Uh, it's great. Well, oh. she's just so... I, what I love about her, I'll just say quickly, is I'm a pretty religious person. My faith is really important to me. And I'm also someone who loves academia and pop mm-hmm. culture. And I feel like, you know, growing up as a Christian, and for someone whose Christianity still is an important part of my experience, right, my life, I feel like a lot of people in college or professors or people in the industry sometimes look down on you for that or they roll their eyes because they think like, oh, does this person not believe in psychology or science? But then at the same time, a lot of people in church see me, you know, working in the entertainment industry and think like, is he a real person of faith to work in that morally corrupt industry or whatever? But what Dr. Phillips does, Dr. Anita, I should call her, is give space and freedom for both of those things to coexist Mm -hmm. at the same time. You know, I just think... For me, she is just like speaking the truth. Mm, I yeah. love her. Well, and I'd have to say too, because I think that's interesting. Jeff is a very like spirit or very faithful person. And I'm more like, I would say I'm more of like a spiritual person. We never really grew up going to church. We would go like once in a while, mm-hmm. but like I am faithful, I'm spiritual, but in a different way than Jeff. And she still really spoke to me. Oh yeah. yeah. Like that is what I think was so cool about her. She spoke to everyone yeah well it's kind of like broad questions right what do you believe what do you yeah getting to the core of you getting to the core of you which is so cool yeah 
Um, if you like today's episode, check out episode number 116 with Susan David, who teaches us emotional agility strategies. In the meantime, follow us at Dr. Anita Phillips, at Jeffrey Crane Graham, at Kels Meyer 2. Shout out to at Stephen Lemieux Photo for his <laughs> beautiful <job>. adjustments <laughs> in the studio and uh, all of that. At Better Together with Maria. And remember, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.